0: Brothers and sisters, when I was there, I could not talk to you the way I talk to people who are led by the Spirit. I had to talk to you like ordinary people of the world. You were like babies in Christ. And the teaching I gave you was like milk, not solid food. I did this because you were not ready for solid food. And even now, you are not ready. You are still not following the Spirit. You are jealous of each other, and you are always arguing with each other. This shows that you are still following your own selfish desires. You are acting like ordinary people of the world. One of you says, I follow Paul, and someone else says, I follow Apollos. When you say things like that, you are acting like people of the world. Is Apollos so important? Is Paul so important? We are only servants of God who help you believe. Each one of us did the work God gave us to do. I planted the seed, and Apollos watered it. But God is the only one who made the seed grow. So the one who plants is not important, and the one who waters is not important. Only God is important, because he is the one who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have the same purpose, and each one will be rewarded for his own work. We are workers together, together for God, and you are like a farm that belongs to God, and you are a house that belongs to God.
1: Last week, if you were here, you and I, we were graced and challenged by the youth of our church as they led us in a rather, I think, um, moving Service of worship. And they challenged us to stand up and to be bold. To stand up and be bold. Dan, um, in his speaking, Dan Gonzalez said that he personalized it, I'm going to make it universal for all of us. He said, We need to stand up and be bold, to find our voice so that. We can know that we really, really tried for God. That stayed with me all week. Am I doing what I need to do to try really hard for God? As I thought about this, that this week, I realized that this year, we're as a congregation focusing on the theme of being called to ministry. All of us. This does not mean ordained ministry, but all of us are called in ministry and to ministry. So that means that each of us are called to be bold in our faith, to find our voice, and then to speak it. The lectionary readings that Kylie and Matt read to us this morning talk about that. They encourage us to make choices and to claim our voices. I want to talk a little bit this morning about some of my thoughts on those. The first thing is we really do, each of us, need to understand that we all have choices. Sometimes we don't feel that. We feel that life has positioned us in such a way that we have no choices. But we do. In the the Deuteronomy passage, the writer urges us to choose life. He says we have two choices, life and death, and to choose life. In choosing life, we choose loyalty, he goes on to say, obedience, love. And those are the things that bring meaning in our living. As ancient Israel stood before her God, in today's text, they were faced with this choice of life and good, or death and evil. And I truly believe each of us is faced with that at some level, probably every day. Every day. We're called to choose in life um, not always to seek safety and security, but to risk ourselves for others in need. the call to choose life promises us that we shall live in a world free from hatred and contempt and into a world in which God in Christ continually calls us and for which God's love liberates us and empowers our obedience. I work several days a week, um, at a cancer center in Philadelphia, um, It's been a a remarkable experience over this past year. In this last year, I've encountered people of all ages, of all walks of life, whose lives have changed as they have encountered cancer. This past week I was talking with a 16-year-old who has a very aggressive tumor in her leg that's inoperable and has metastasized through her body, 16. And she said, Well, I guess this is interrupting my life a bit, isn't it, Lucretia? Interrupting my life a bit. A couple of weeks ago, I was leading an esophageal cancer support group. Um, It was during the December... Time, and we were close to Christmas. I wasn't sure anybody would, would show up. We had a pretty good turnout. And as, as people were gathering, I, I encouraged them to talk a little bit about what impact cancer had had in their lives. And they talked and they went on to share about the losses that they had encountered, the loss of hair, loss of body functions, loss of normality, In their home, some it was loss of work, some it was loss of relationships as people avoided them now that they had cancer. And then one man, we'll call him Victor, spoke and he said, you know, cancer saved my life. And he went on to say that when he realized he had cancer, it just stopped him in his tracks. It, it, it made him and it forced him to look at how he was living. And he said, I'd really been living in a pretty shameful way. Not horrible. I could have been worse. But it's not how I wanted to live. He said he realized that cancer said to him, and wrote this down as he talked, Buddy, this is it. Your time can be limited. How do you want to count in this world? And Victor went on to say So I repaired relationships. I reconnected with my church and community, and I've given. I've tried to give every day more than I receive. And he said, I like my life so much better. I've been given this opportunity. To grab life. Cancer has saved my life. We all have choices. We have choices. Victor really understood, I think, what the author of Deuteronomy meant when he said, Today I am giving you a choice of two ways. You can choose life and death, life or death. The first, choosing life, will bring a blessing, the other choice will bring a curse. So choose life. Choose life. We do make choices. Some of them seem not so important. We make choices about what we're going to wear. We make choices about what we're going to eat. Are we going to go home and have dinner after church today? Or are we going to go out to eat to a restaurant? Are we going to watch TV tonight. What are we going to watch when we watch TV? Are we watching the Olympics? Are we watching Downton Abbey? What what are we going to watch? What are we going to watch? And some of our homes, we're going to have fights over that, what we're going to watch on TV. And some of us have enough TVs that you can make any choice you want. All of us have choices. There are consequences to choices, and some have more significant consequences. Shall I study for the exam or shall I blow it off tonight? Huh, I'm graduating from high school. Shall I go on to school? I'm graduating from college. Ooh, what's the next step? I'm stuck in a job I don't really quite like. What am I going to do? What's God calling me for in this part of my life? Whom shall I marry? How shall I treat the one I'm married to? I've been to a party. Tom's had an awful lot to drink. Should I really let him drive home alone? We all make choices. I believe as Christians we need to understand that in making choices to live as a people of God, we choose to pay attention. We choose to hear and live for God. To, as Dan said, really try for God. God will call us, if we are listening, to speak for Him, to speak truth in the life situations that we encounter. A lot of us are afraid of what we may be called to do or we believe God is nudging our hearts to do. We're afraid to choose because we feel we're not strong enough or good enough or smart enough, wise enough, strong enough to do what we believe God may be nudging our hearts to do. But this is where the second part of our scripture comes in that Matt read and that Lynn and the kids Lived out. We're called not to do the whole thing, but a piece of it, just a piece, just a piece. To do a job that's part of God's plan, not all of God's plan. And I believe when we do that piece, he gives us the courage and the energy and the power to do it. So when we hear it, When we listen, our job is to use our voice. Come on up. I'm thinking, Trace, this is about, what, a year and a half ago that we talked about this the first time? I'm going to speak just a moment before you play. I love the Facebook message box. People, some of you, Write me all the time about different things. And well over a year and a half ago, Trace wrote me about a song that he really felt had a message that needed to be shared. And I absolutely agreed with him. And we had a couple of times we were going to do this and different things happened. And then you had some time with your voice. And I wasn't sure. Pray for him as he sings. This is kind of like the first time he's really doing this. The song that Trace is going to sing comes from a musical called Ragtime. And in this musical, a man named Kohlhaas lives in a very um, difficult time. It's a, a time with a lot of injustice that he and his family and others have been hurt by. Kohlhaas comes to believe that he, his family, his colleagues, society, should not choose to try to solve injustice with violence, but rather to change society by their words and then by telling their children their stories. Cole House has an understanding that he's propelled to, ch- to share. Ultimately, he is killed, but he has shared. He has been heard, and his message is carried on. Hear the voice of Cole House, as shared by our friend Trace.
2: Go out and tell our story, let it echo far and wide, make them hear you, make them hear you. How justice was our battle and how justice was denied, make them hear you. Make them hear you, and say to those who blame us for the way we choose to fight, that sometimes there are battles that are more than black or white, and I could not put down my sword when justice was my right. Make them hear you. Go out and tell our story to your daughters and your sons. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. And tell them in our struggle we were not the only ones. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. Your sword can be a sermon or the power of the pen teach every child to raise their voice. And then, my brothers, and will justice be demanded by ten million righteous men. Make them hear you. When they hear you, I'll be near you again.
1: I love you, Trace Morgan. (laughs) Wow. Make them hear you. Whatever your age. Make them hear you. It's not enough that we just hear it. We have to make others hear it. We need to share the story we know that transforms our lives and the lives of others. Make them hear you. Find your voice, and God will empower it. And I don't care how old you are. I look at this sea of wonderful people who have so much to share and so much to say. We are part of a faith that has so much to share. And it needs each one of us to say it. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.